So, Rabbi, you are affectionately known in the community as Reb Deb. What's fun about Reb Deb is that it rhymes and it's informal, but it preserves a tiny bit of a title. So it's fun. It's accessible. What most people don't know is it's also a gender bending pun. Because Reb in Yiddish is not short for rabbi. It means mister. So I like that part of it, too. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm sitting with Rabbi Deborah Gordon. Rabbi Gordon is almost celebrating her 27th anniversary as rabbi for the Reformed Synagogue Berit Shalom in Troy, New York. Reb Deb, what was it about becoming a rabbi that enticed you? And is the job as you envisioned it? I don't know what I envisioned. I knew that rabbis spoke and cantors sang, and I had things to say. And as a rabbi, I could sing. So that was that was my choice between those two. But when I was in, I don't know, junior high probably, at Jewish summer camp, I remember people saying to me, are you going to be a rabbi when you grow up? What's amazing about that is that probably none of us had ever met or even heard of a female rabbi at the time. Because besides Regina Jonas, who was ordained in Germany uh, in the 1930s and didn't survive the war, the first woman who was ordained as a rabbi was ordained in 1972. So I'm 61. When I was was in middle school, there were very few female rabbis. And it was because I just had a little more interest in and knowledge of the Jewish parts of Jewish summer camp. Um, I have a rabbi grandfather. I grew up listening to my father, Alava Sholem, who was a journalism professor, serve as high holy day cantor, chazan, for many years. So I grew up immersed in Jewish music and Jewish liturgy. But I really didn't know what rabbis did. I was um, invited to visit the Reformed Rabbinical School in Cincinnati by one of the student rabbis in Bloomington, Indiana. And I got there and I just felt like these are the people I want to be. I still didn't really know what rabbis did. All I knew was the public part. But there was a feeling there that that pulled me in. After high school, people probably would have guessed that I would have been a computer programmer. Uh, But this is the only thing that I really figured out, that this is what I want to be when I grow up. So, Reb Deb, while your work is clearly tied to your Jewish identity, you are clearly a person who's very comfortable with diversity. For one, you and your wife, Judy, have welcomed into your home four children from diverse backgrounds, differing abilities, We adopted four children through foster care. Three are black, one is white, Judy and I are white. We used to joke that the only way we could have made life more difficult for them was by speaking Spanish at home because we were living out in Brunswick, so a pretty white area. We were raising goats, lesbian moms, transracial family, and Jewish. Your comfort with diversity, Reb Deb, is this a quality that you bring from your upbringing or were you or are you unique within your family in that regard? Oh, that's a great question. No, I think that I am very much in line with my family in that regard. 
um, I remember some specifics, you know, mom being on the Human Rights Commission in Evanston, Illinois, when I was in you know, grade school or middle, middle school. Um, I really didn't realize this until recently, um, but from my family, I got an incredible sense of justice and the importance of ethical behavior. And justice doesn't mean that you treat everybody the same. You try and understand what people need so that they get what they need. I remember when I was in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, I entered the Martin Luther King essay contest at school. And the title for the year was, was How Can We Save His Dream? And what I wrote about was how equal does not mean the same, that equality means recognizing difference. And that really, I think, underlies my approach to people, that understanding where someone is coming from, honoring the fact that what people say and think makes sense to them, even if it doesn't make sense to me, trying to understand that. Um, those are things I think that I was raised with. I think the ability to see multiple perspectives is somewhat genetic. Um, you know, sometimes it's gotten me into trouble because I can empathize so far with a perspective that's different from mine that sometimes I fail to like properly lift up the perspective that that I might hold. I think being lesbian has something to do with it too, though. I used to say that if I weren't lesbian, I could have just sort of disappeared into middle America, but it was impossible. It was impossible not to feel different, not to be different, not to have to struggle with acceptance back in the day as a lesbian. And so that was one of the things, I mean, being Jewish, you're already different pretty much anywhere in the United States, maybe in New York City, but I grew up in the Midwest. It's not that there weren't Jews around, but they, we were nowhere near a majority. So that and being lesbian and probably being female as well. Um, and, you know, being highly verbal and a bookworm and just always the odd weird kid out. I think that life experience encouraged me to reach out to other people to recognize in other people um, who were different from the mainstream an experience that matched mine in some way. I think it's a combination of nature and nurture. Mm, mm, very interesting. I'm curious, you know, when you were applying for positions to be a rabbi, you know, when you were out of school, just ordained, was being a lesbian a barrier? It was a potential barrier. It was a potential barrier to my getting into rabbinical school. Um, if I hadn't been lesbian or if the conservative rabbinical school had been accepting out queer people, I probably would have been a conservative rabbi. Uh, but that wasn't an option for me because I could not go into rabbinical school closeted. And I would have had to be so deeply closeted at JTS at that time that I couldn't breathe. So it was a it was a calculated risk in my interview in Cincinnati. I knew that an out queer person had been had been admitted through the reform to the Reform Rabbinical School through the New York campus and through the LA campus, but not through the Cincinnati campus. 
When I interviewed, however, I made sure to tell the interview committee that I was lesbian because I needed to be able to bring my full self, you know. It's expected that rabbis will be part of a family. And my partner was a woman. So what was I going to do? You know, come down off the bima and, and pretend that she wasn't my partner, my wife? I don't know when the whole congregation knew, but I have a distinct memory of someone who may have been on the interview committee. I can't remember. Uh, but I remember him saying, you know, I'm one of those people who might not be comfortable if you came down off the bima and, and kissed your wife. But I, I want you to know that I absolutely think that you have a right to do it. And that's, you know, that's Baruch Shalom for you. There, there's mm. an openness there wow. that predated me. And it was a risk, risk that paid off almost 27 years later. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> but it was a risk that had to be taken. I couldn't come in closeted. One year for uh, Shavuot, the holiday that celebrates giving the Torah, we had a, uh, a program of speed dating with God. And you talk to the other person for like five minutes, like speed dating, but you're answering questions about what you're looking for in God. And, and one of the questions was, what is the one characteristic that you cannot do without in God? And I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth. And the word that came out of my mouth was justice. If God's not about justice, I don't have any use for God. And that told me that that's deep in my core, right? You know, in Jewish tradition says, teaches that we're all created B'Tselem Elohim in God's image, every human being. And there's a Jewish human rights organization that's name is B'Tselem. And it, the, its logo includes not only the letters and the vowels, but also the trope mark, the, the little curve that you would find under that word in Genesis, which indicates how to sing it, which tells you that they are they are intentionally referring us back to the story of all human beings being created in God's image. Mm. 